news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, good morning. Chris Merrill in for Broomhead today. Uh, joining me right now is either the most uh, beloved or despised individual in Phoenix on the Twitter machine. Barry Markson is... Uh, <laughs> buddy, I, I, I have to tell you, there are a couple of accounts that I just... I always I always click on the comments. Yours is one of them. Uh, the data guru over there at ABC 15 uh, is, is another one. I just, I just love watching people. They, and here's a guy that... That similar to you analyzing the legal aspects of things, here's here's a guy that analyzes the numbers, and the numbers aren't turning out the way people want, and they take it out on him. This is like blaming right. the weatherman because you don't like the forecast or you don't like what the weather is doing, and it must be the weatherman's fault. And in your case, it's blaming the lawyer because they don't like the way the law is. And Barry, I just see you taking the slings and arrows, and and I don't. Is there a piece of you that almost enjoys the sparring? Well, I, 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 yeah, I do a little bit, and you can check yeah. out on Twitter at, at Barry Marks and One. But it's you know for me, the, and I, I said this on the air right after the election, and we kind of started to see how things were going to fall. And I said that Republican leaders in this state need to step up really right away when when this starts because I knew it was going to start. I, you knew as soon as you saw the Republican candidates losing that we were going to start hearing again about cheating and fraud and well, they told and everything you they else. Do and that. I, yeah. Yeah, and I said we can't do. We just can't do two more years of this. We're not going to do another audit. We're not going to do. This is just silliness. It it froze the state. It's not a good look for Arizona. And and what we need are Republican leaders and business leaders to stand up and say, "There's no fraud. There's no cheating. You lost an election. Let's move on. We'll get them on the next one." And and I just decided I wasn't. When I see things on Twitter that are just untrue, I I don't argue about it. I'd use facts and evidence. And I say, please show us the evidence that there's fraud or cheating or, or whatever it is. And they never can, Chris. <laughs> That's the no. amazing part. They they just ask another question or make another uh, a baseless allegation. I saw one that I thought was really interesting, and it was the definition of cyclical uh, logic. It was someone who threw out some random numbers uh, that that had no bearing on anything, and uh, and you you replied saying, you know, where are you getting these numbers from? And they and they reposted their original tweet and they said can't you read right here and i thought they just quoted themselves as evidence of their own their own numbers this is there a point where people start to come to their senses where they go okay either i have evidence or i don't have evidence and i might always have a piece of suspicion in my mind that things aren't the way because and acknowledge listen i have some bias and i'm suspicious of the way things turned out but i can't prove it and i have to move on is there a point when we get there because i'm not even seeing that from 2020 yet yeah, I, I think there is for a lot of people, and there, there's always going to be a percentage of of the population uh, in Arizona and around the country that is, they just can't believe that their person lost because they, they, in their mind, they live in a world where everybody agrees with them, and, and if and if it doesn't work out their way, it must be cheating. Um, but I think what you're seeing is a lot of Republicans now are moving away from the conspiracy theories and, and moving away from the unfounded allegations. They, they saw what happened in 2020. At some level, they realized there's no evidence of it. 
they certainly don't see evidence of any cheating or, or fraud here yet. Maybe, maybe, you know, Carrie Lake says she has at least one smoking gun that's going to be the basis of her lawsuit. So let's see what that is. Um, of course, she hasn't presented any evidence to anybody yet. Um, but the unfortunate thing is we have candidates, we saw it with Donald Trump, and we're seeing it now with Carrie Lake, where it's just blow up the state and the country. It doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong as long as they keep people upset. Um, and I think a lot of that is just because that's how they make money. And we're seeing that. I don't know about you. I get literally a text a day from Carrie Lake asking me for money. The, the campaign's been over for a month, and, and I'm still getting money requests. Um, she's she's appearing at paid events now. Um, so it's, it's obviously this is her brand. And I'm curious to see what's in these lawsuits that are going to be coming. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some, I would hope, some good legal basis for it. We'll see. I don't think there's going to be success, but um, I think I think we are seeing a time now when a lot of Republicans and a lot of people are standing up and saying, "Hey, uh, it's enough. It, it, you it's don't a have losing message. It's enough." Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't even know if they care whether or not it's enough. It, it just if the message isn't resonating and bringing in voters, uh, then who cares? Barry Markson is our legal analyst at KTAR, and you'll hear him doing a, a exquisite uh, coverage of so many of our different election uh, specials here. You know, you mentioned the money side of this. Legally speaking, she can get paid individually for her speaking engagements, right? But when it comes to making right. donations, like those text messages, where's that money going? And it's not like she has personal access to that, does it? That's not right, is it? Well, she she may not have personal access, uh, access to it. I don't I don't know, but she can she can also pay people to serve uh, on the can, uh, on her uh, whether it's the campaign or what other other entity they set up now. I mean, if you remember Donald Trump after the election was over and he was claiming fraud two years ago, he raised over a hundred million dollars right off the bat in a new uh, a new entity that he controlled with. Unilaterally, you do anything you wanted with the money, and there's so, so I don't know. I have no idea what entities anybody has set up. I don't know. I know there are almost like concerts now. There are these there are these things where you buy tickets for three hundred and fifty dollars and up per person, and you go and listen to conservative, you know, listen to Carrie Lakes and, and other people uh, in that in that part of the world uh, talk. And there's they're making money on this stuff now. Um, there, Donald Trump did a thing at Mar-a-Lago recently, and Carrie Lake was down there where people pay a whole bunch of money to come take pictures with them and. It's almost like Comic Con. It's like political con, and yeah. they're down there making money off of this. And and the way they do that is to keep this claims of fraud and things alive because there's a percentage of people who believe it. It's unfortunate those folks are feeding money into this. Their hard-earned money is going to this stuff when there's really no evidence of any cheating or fraud. So uh, Barry, what do you see as the next step for Carrie Lake? Does she shrivel into oblivion, or is she going to uh, set her sights on maybe a, a house seat, or uh, wait four years and go after the the, the governorship or maybe the Senate. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I I think you're gonna. I don't think she's gonna shrivel up and go away. I think you're gonna see her continue to maintain a social media presence. She's gonna continue to appear at these uh, these, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, a political con uh, things to make money. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she gets on you know Newsmax or something as an anchor or having her own TV show. You know, she's not gonna go away. Uh, you know, people talk about her being uh, Trump's vice presidential nominee here, but I think that just opens up a whole can of worms. I mean, you talk about you know somebody like Sarah Palin. Palin having no experience. She at least been a mayor of, of something. I mean, Carrie Lake has zero experience um, to be a heartbeat away from the presidency uh, for and a guy who's in his in his 70s and his diet can, you know, he, Trump, Trump comes and he looks like a healthy guy, but he can't be that healthy at that age and, and, and the things he's dealing with. So my point is, I just can't see her being a legitimate vice presidential candidate, but I don't think she's going to go away. 
Barry Marks here, and I'm looking forward to the next political evaluation. And if people are not following, again, Barry Marks and one on Twitter. Great Twitter uh, follow. And then if you're looking for some uh, comedic escape, uh, just read the threads and then the responses. It's fantastic. <laughs> Barry, I appreciate it, as always. Thanks so much for being on the program, my friend. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right, we'll, uh, we'll hit our big segment, Did You Hear This? Next, Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Chris Maryland from Mike Brewhead on KTAR, and every day at this time, we turn things over to our producer, Julia. She plays some of the sound from the biggest stories of the day, and then I will give you my hot take, my gut reaction. We call it, Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. President Biden is in Arizona today visiting a new chip-making plant. A reporter asked him why he is not taking a trip to the southern border. The more important thing going on, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Why wouldn't President Biden take a trip to the border today? Um, He's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And uh, for me, I think he should go to the border and talk to some of the people that are down there. Hopefully he does in the not-too-distant future. But ultimately... It becomes a photo op for other people. If the if things at the border were going well, he'd go to the border. If things at the border are not going well, he's going to avoid going to the border because it just becomes an opportunity for attack from his political opponents. Gas prices haven't been this low since early February. The Energy Department reports the average price of regular unleaded dropped 14 more cents in the past week amid lower demand, more refineries online, and lower oil prices to an average of 3.39 a gallon nationwide. Are you hopeful this trend continues into the new year? Uh, no, I want to see gas prices go up. What are you crazy? Of course, I want to see them come down. But yeah, I want that trend to continue. Also, side note, uh, Alex Stone is a great individual. The uh, reporter you heard on that, he's just a good dude. Uh, yeah, I want to see the gas prices come down. They should be lower than they are now. If we take a look historically at the relationship between the price of the pump and the price of oil per barrel, we're still paying way too much at the pump. Uh, price per barrel is about seventy-seven dollars right now. We should probably be well under three bucks here locally, but we're just not. All right, quick reminder, turning things over now to our producer, Julia. She's playing some of the sound of the biggest stories of the day, and then I give you my gut reaction. We call it, Did You Hear This? The Supreme Court is hearing a case involving a wedding designer who does not want to create same-sex wedding websites. Some, like Linda Lowe with the National Organization for Women chapter in Chicago, disagree about what this case is about. It's not about the First Amendment. Don't be fooled. This case is about access to services that everybody deserves. How could a ruling affect our understanding of the First Amendment? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. Uh, This actually, in my opinion, um, and this is tough, this is more than just freedom of speech or freedom of religion. It also has to do with the 14th Amendment, uh, equal protection under the law, uh, access, as you heard the individual talking about there. The the issue here that I'm having is the practical application of what the Supreme Court is discussing. 
the the web designer in question doesn't even design wedding websites right now. The only reason she's taking this to court is because uh, she claims that she doesn't want to have to. In other words, there's she's not a victim of anything. She's not denied anyone uh, a wedding website. She's not being sued. She's the plaintiff in this case who's saying, well, they would force me to do that if the situation arose. I, frankly, I think the solution to all of this is a giant scarlet L. That's it. If you are opposed to LGBTQ, you have to put on a scarlet L on your website. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I can shut up now. That's a good place for me to shut up. Thanks, Julia. Go ahead. Sorry about that, Chris. It is election day again in Georgia as polls are open for the state's Senate run runoff race. A win for Democrats would give them an outright majority, more leverage. But Republicans have one final opportunity to flip a Senate seat. What would a win from incumbent Democrat Warnock affect Senator Cinema's influence in the Senate? Bigly. Right now, Cinema is one of two who in the Senate are not walking lockstep with Chuck Schumer and whatever it is that Schumer wants, especially on the, on the major, uh, the big ticket items. Uh, and that could be budget. Uh, and that's the big one. Uh, it could be the filib- ending the filibuster. It could be all, all sorts of uh, other things. Could have been the infrastructure package, for instance. And so what's happening is you've got cinema and you've got Joe Manchin, West Virginia, who have been able to use uh, the, 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 the no room for error divide in the Senate and an opportunity to push through their pet projects or to uh, sort of uh, uh, get some uh, get some clout in the Senate. And they haven't been afraid to do that, much to the chagrin of the leadership uh, within the Senate, the Democratic leadership in the Senate. If Warnock wins, all of a sudden, it's not necessarily about Manchin and Cinema. They will still have leverage because it is still close. But let's say that uh, Schumer brings up a, a, a bill to end the the uh, uh, the filibuster in the Senate, uh, and Cinema votes with the Republicans, and Manchin sides with the Democrats, which I don't think that would happen. I think they would actually both side with the Republicans. But let's just say it does. Suddenly, you've got a, this is my example. You've got a fifty-fifty split. Kamala Harris uh, cast the deciding vote then in a split uh, Senate, and that means that Cinema, for all of her grandstanding and hand wringing, uh, doesn't have the influence that she did before anyway. I don't know. She certainly would never say publicly that she wants the Republican to win, but it would hinder her um, her own political clout in the Senate, no doubt about it. That's Did You Hear This uh, on KTAR. We'll give you a potpourri next. Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead here on KTAR. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Uh, Chris Maryland for Broomhead today. How about uh, story potpourri here to wrap things up and hand things off to uh, Dave Ramsey, who's going to make us all smarter, uh, as he does every day at noon, right after our noon expansion here on KTAR. Uh, imagine that you are a ne'er-do-well Imagine you want to do harm to the United States. And imagine you want to do that harm by hijacking a plane and crashing it into a building. I think now you know where I'm going. How would you get on that plane? You've got to have your ID, right? You have to have your legal ID to get on the plane. We've had to have that for a long time. There, For those of you that are younger and maybe don't remember the old days, 
uh, us old farts will tell you that flying used to be a lot easier. It used to be a whole lot easier. You just uh, you bought your ticket, you went to the gate. That was it. Um, now, of course, we've got all the different TSA. We've got the bag checks. We've got the scanners. We've got take your shoes off. Uh, here, we're gonna we're gonna give you a nudie scan, which always trips me out. I don't know who wants to sit there and stare at uh, the actions of people all day long. It seems horrific to me. Uh, all of these different things do make it a little bit more complicated to fly, but it's been going on for twenty years now, so we're we're a whole lot more used to it. But the thing is, to buy the, you still had to have your ID before. Still had to have an ID to get your ticket. So suppose that you wanted to buy a ticket and you wanted to fly because you were going to hijack a plane with a box cutter and fly it into a building. You'd have to get some sort of an ID. Two ways to go about that. How do you get a fraudulent ID? Uh, The first way is to hire somebody who makes really good fakes or you have some sort of an in at the uh, the the the, uh, the the MVD or whatever else it is, right? Or where you know a DMV in California, Secretary of State elsewhere, whatever it is, right? You have an in with somebody there, and you've got something going on on the side, right? So you're creating uh, either a really good lookalike, or you're you're getting an authentic one that was created fraudulently. The other way is that you are able to mislead uh, earnest individuals at the MVD. So you want your uh, you want your driver's license and you take in other forged documents. Right? To commit fraud, you have to have some sort of a forgery. Either you're you're forging the the driver's license itself or the state ID itself or you're you're uh, you're forging the documents you need in order to attain that uh, obtain that um, the driver's license. When it came to September 11th, that's what they did. They just presented fake documents, and they got their their driver licenses. And so what happened was when Congress was doing mop-up after September 11th, in 2005, they passed what they call the Real ID Act. And that says you have to have not only a driver license, but your driver license has to be – it has to have certain – levels of authentication in order to to get that real ID. It'll still be a driver license or a state ID card. It's just that it's going to have what they call a real ID enhancement, uh, which basically says you showed your your birth certificate, your uh, if you're maybe you've been married or divorced and you showed your your name change history, all on stamped legal documents, all with it basically just makes it harder to forge those docs that you would need. In 2005, they passed that real ID law, and it was supposed to go into effect in 2008. Well, good news if you haven't done it yet, because at some point, Arizonans decided that you can't tell us what to do, government. We're not going to make all of our state IDs, real IDs. We won't comply. So now if you get a new driver license, you actually have to check that you want it to be a real ID. It's a mess. This is Arizona's like, you can't tell us what to do, government. We'll we'll not allow ourselves to fly in planes if we want to. <laughs> you got us, Arizona. Oh, darn it. How do we get by Arizona in their sneaky ways? So, anyhow, it doesn't even matter now. I know you've got that driver license that doesn't expire for another 20 or 30 years. You can still use that to get on planes. 
that was supposed to expire this year. In fact, it was supposed to go into effect by 2008, and it kept getting delayed because states were not getting it done. People weren't getting in line. Basically, the government did a really terrible job of rolling it out, and so we weren't all aware that we were supposed to get a, go get a new driver license or that when we renewed, we were supposed to bring our enhanced documentation with us. So really, it has to do now with people who are moving around, and when you go to get a new driver license in a different state, the new requirements are in place. Or if you go to renew in certain states, there are certain requirements in place, and the and the the MVD, the DMV, the Secretary of State, whoever it is, sends you reminders. So slowly, people are getting their real IDs. Or in some states, they have enhanced IDs. Washington, I know New York has it, what they call an enhanced driver license, which actually is sort of a. I don't, want, I don't want to call it a, a passport because that would be a mistake, but it would allow you to travel to Canada, Mexico, and the the Caribbean or Caribbean islands all on um, all on just all by land or sea only. Not you can't fly in, but it would allow this. It would allow you entry back and forth if you have that enhanced driver license. But I guess my question is, if the whole point of this real ID is to try to deter fraud so that we're not allowing terrorists on planes, our sense of urgency on this is not good. It's supposed to be done in 2008. Now it's been delayed yet again uh, until May of 2025. Every time that deadline comes up, the, the, the most recent deadline was supposed to be May, May 3rd, 2023. Now they're saying, nah, May 7th, 2025. What's the reason for the delay this time? Well, they say, well, you know, we had COVID there for a couple of years. That's true. We did. It did shut down a lot of government offices. But at some point, don't we say you've had enough time? Or at some point, don't we say, okay, this just didn't work? I mean, this is absolutely the worst implementation of a national security measure ever. Ever. Meanwhile, more potpourri. I love that story, by the way, so I went a little bit longer on it. More potpourri. More potpourri. More potpourri as uh, we find out that uh, the Grand Canyon is uh, the center of one of our odd stories du jour. And why is that? All because of TikTok. Next, Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. The downfall of humanity may be traced to one thing, TikTok. It is the worst of all social medias, for sure. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead on KTAR. TikTok seems to be encouraging poor behavior and even worse dancing. The latest is uh, an incident happening at the Grand Canyon. So right here in the Grand Canyon State, somebody is on TikTok. They're an influencer. And so they want to make sure that everybody sees just how great they are. And that's exactly what they did. Katie Sigmund is an influencer. That's her That's her title. That's her role. It's her job. She's an influencer. But she has 7 million followers. So, yeah, I'm jealous. She posts workout and modeling videos as well as clips that highlight her golf game at driving ranges and courses. And she went to the edge of the Grand Canyon and then hit a ball into the Grand Canyon. Great. That's wonderful. Park officials were not very happy about that. 
Grand Canyon National Park saying on Instagram, do we really need to say don't hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon? The answer is yes. Because let's face it, if the apocalypse happens and you and I somehow make it, we're definitely going to hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon. No doubt. But right now, don't do that. You're going to have to wait for a dystopia, some post-apocalyptic dystopia, and then... If you evade the zombies, you can go to the Grand Canyon and hit a ball into it, but uh, only after the apocalypse, all right? So, apocalypse first, golf balls and Grand Canyon second. Uh, And at that point, nobody wants to see your TikTok video, period. I love the irony of our next story and our, our story potpourri here to wrap the show. Headline, 8 million cleaning products recalled over bacteria exposure risk. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Nothing says clean like bacteria risk. In this case, it's a boutique brand, a pricey boutique brand. And the items that were manufactured between January of 2021 and September of 2022, the product recall was announced in December. Which means chances are good that if you did buy this foo-foo, bath balm, wash, spot detergent, uh, laundry detergent, whatever it might be, uh, you've probably used it all, and either you got sick or you didn't. It's the laundress line. It's the kind of thing you see at foo-foo stores. Yeah. If you have a weakened immune system or underlying lung conditions, or if you have uh, external medical devices and are exposed to the bacteria, you could face a risk of serious infection that may require medical treatment. Huh. How about that? Weakened immune system and underlying lung conditions during a pandemic? Who would ever have that? Anyway, they say if you bought any of those products uh, that have been recalled after January of 2021, you should stop using those and refund, uh, request a refund immediately. Chances are, again, you've probably already used them all. And as for your health, we know that to stay healthy, you've got to eat right, exercise, get eight hours sleep, and drink eight cups of water a day, right? Uh, survey says, nah, you probably don't need to. Yeah, the whole eight cups of water a day, which, by the way, it's America, right? So if you're going to drink a, what I always think of as a glass of water, that's more than a cup. A cup is eight ounces. So if you're drinking a glass of water, chances are you're getting two cups in every one of those glasses. I get two cups of water in my Metamucil every morning. Uh, according to the journal Science, if you're healthy, you probably don't have to drink eight cups of water a day. They say it doesn't take into account all the water that we get from our food and other beverages like coffee and tea. And the research found that our water needs vary from one person to the next, depending on factors like your age, sex, uh, size, physical activity levels, and the climate that you live in. So actually, eight cups in Arizona, pretty good. If you're listening to us online and you're not in a dry climate, maybe you don't need so much. And if you drink coffee, that counts. Basically, any of those liquids counts. Good. Because I was worried I wasn't getting enough water in. But then I realized I drink way too much coffee. I drink during the show. And, uh, again, Metamucil does wonders, by the way. Huge fan of Metamucil. Truly. The whole reason that I'm not feeling stressed right now is because of Metamucil. If you missed this, I love year-end stories. My favorite year-end stories are always, you know, the time person of the year, uh, those top ten lists, uh, who's died. I always feel bad for people like Kirstie Alley. God rest her soul. She was my first hate crush. 
Yeah, I was young. I, I used to watch Cheers reruns when I was younger. I think I watched some. Yeah, I did. I watched some Cheers live. Uh, she always had like a, this raspy voice, and she was uh, condescending and mean to Sam all the time. She would be mean to Woody. But for some reason, I was attracted to her, and I was like, oh, I don't like this woman, but I'm attracted to her. It's a hate crush. The other one I love, the other end, your end of the story, is uh, the word of the year. Oxford's word of the year is goblin mode. I never heard that before, which means I guess I'm just completely out of touch. Goblin mode. Mindlessly binge-watching television without worrying about the time, eating snacks in bed without a care for leftover crumbs, and wearing the same pair of pajamas all week while working from home is all goblin mode. A type of behavior which unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy. Goblin mode is Oxford's word of the year. It also describes the rest of my afternoon. Have a good one. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead. Talk to you next time. KTAR.